0: Joyous, how is one to tell about joy? How to describe the citizens of Omalas? They were not simple folk, you see, though they were happy. Lightning recap. The Ones Who Walk Away from Omalas is a story about a town where everyone is happy except one person and that one person's misery is the reason, is the only reason everyone can be happy. Some people leave that town
1: you've got a little time
0: we've got a little podcast
1: it's short story short podcast i am chris here today with christy baxter and christy yes when the end times come and we are all brought before the great mole god what story will we claim to have read this week
0: are you telling me that the end times haven't come already and that that guy I talked to last night was not the mole god? Because, um, well, we read uh, The Ones Who Walk Away from Omalos by Ursula K. Le Guin.
1: The mole god approves. And let's start with one thing about this, other than the fact that me and Ursula K. Le Guin share a birthday, October Ooh. 21st. It was, we celebrated together a couple times at conventions. Uh, but here's the key to this one. All life is suffering, except for those who find their joy in the suffering of others.
0: Yes, yes. The Germans have a word for it, I
1: believe. Yes, pumpkin. Uh, But this story is really an amazing world building exercise But at the same time, it's saying a whole lot more about our world (laughs) than most of us would like to agree to.
0: Yeah, I think there's some hard truths about humanity and society delivered here within this sort of narrative of a society that appears to be entirely happy, but
1: um, is not. (laughs) And, And there's, you know, It's hard to talk about this without getting into philosophy and the idea that, well, if others are suffering, are we truly happy as a people? Um, What is our duty when there is suffering to others? And the big one to me, of course, is at what point must we leave behind others And that's the real key to this, is the thing that always gets me about this one is that when you leave Omelas, you leave alone. You can't take it with you. And it's a really, really fascinating study in how those sort of ideas mesh together, often in conflict with one another. And
0: one of the things that that she does here with this this town where everybody is magnificently amazingly just purely happy except for the one person who is miserable and on that their happiness depends is she raises all these questions about the nature of the state of happiness and you know what we should do with it and what we should you know are are obligated to do when they're suffering and she doesn't answer them which is kind of the hard thing to do as, as a writer. It's, you you wanna be able to give those answers at some point, but uh, that restraint, I think, is admirable.
1: And I think part of that restraint is the fact that she is calling out a culture that she is a part of. And I think that, you know, the, the ultimate contradiction is some choose to walk away, but no one chooses to help the child who is suffering and it is an ultimately selfish act but it is also a i want to say liberating act because it is rejecting it is choosing your own non-happiness over your painful happiness i guess is the the weird contradiction there <laughs>
0: Yeah, painful happiness and then the alternative of, of helping the child, which is framed as this impossible alternative, but that sort of seems to be what people tell themselves and not necessarily what's the truth. So if they face that truth that they could possibly help this child, they don't know for sure that the suffering has to last for, forever, and they ha- help the child, that would be the ultimate selfless act because they'd be giving up their own unhappiness, they'd be giving up everybody else's unhappiness, giving that child a chance to be happy. And probably as everybody else becomes unhappy, becoming the victim of a mob, <laughs> <you> know, possibly, because <laughs> once everybody's unhappy and there's no more riding around on you know gallant horses and, and really interesting sounding pure orgies, uh, I think everybody's gonna be pretty pissed if that were to happen. So nobody is willing to step up and be honestly a hero. There is, there's, no, um, there's, there's no hero of this story.
1: And one thing I never got until I read it this go round and had to actually write a bunch of questions around it was how is this child who is suffering still a child generation after generation after generation? which instantly in my mind put into the fact that well maybe it's not actually a child it's a control mechanism but then again any society in which a child suffering is what brings happiness has to be magical anyhow maybe it's all for a moot point
0: (laughs) it could be that it could be a, a new child each generation and that's just the story that's told in order to sort of make it rooted in society as as the reason for the happiness if it were a a newer child shall we say a fresher child then it would be probably more disturbing to people because they think of it as this young innocent thing but if it's a child that has been around for generations and generations or so they think then Mm. in that case it's it's been around for long enough that that it's it's lived a life and it has the wisdom to stay the the martyr and and supplier of their happiness however that works
1: you're right and i think she even kind of addresses this in the very i think it's probably the third paragraph the very third paragraph how can i tell you about the people of amalas they were not naive and ha- they were not naive and happy children though their children were in fact happy They were mature, intelligent, passionate adults whose lives were not wretched, oh, miracle. But I wish I could describe it better. She has this beautiful ability to give you every answer you want, but then actually not answer your question.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. There there really are no answers, or at least not answers we're ever going to be satisfied with. Maybe there are answers here, and we're just looking past them because we are unsatisfied with them. Like that, which if, if this is a true reflection of the, the people that we are, then that's the answer right there, that we are selfish and we will allow others to suffer if, our, if it guarantees our happiness.
1: Yeah, and I think it also speaks to her ability to word really good. Uh, she this- does word good. Yeah, this whole story is just, she knows when to go between highfalutin and just regular Uh Where is the, I had a paragraph section that I had almost circled, but that would have been too much prep. Uh, <laughs> but she does that, uh, that down gearing, I think is the best way to look at, where she knows she is dangerously close to becoming literary and then she pulls back and i tend to think that ursa kayla Gawin is one of the most literary science fiction writers of all time uh but she doesn't revel in it like say a doris lessing uh where doris lessing was constantly trying to out literary everyone else uh <laughs> sorry john cheever <laughs> But yeah, oh, I wish I could find that area that I marked, but I, oh, there it is. One of the lines I think actually that speaks to her uh, ability to ride that line uh, is, this is the treason of the artist, a refusal to admit the banality of evil and the terrible boredom of pain. What a condemnation (laughs) of her own profession.
0: Also, I knew you would like that line because it has one of your favorite words in it. Moist ah no <laughs> banal I love doing that. you like banal like i love visceral
1: very true hey i love visceral don't get me wrong visceral is my thing but banal is just it's streets ahead and i i don't know how better to put it
0: it is streets ahead and now i can actually uh <laughs> know what that reference means because we're finally watching community <laughs> oh
1: excellent it's a great it's my favorite show
0: I I I wanted to go into one of my favorite lines or or set of lines because it it just was one of those moments. I like it when a writer surprises me and sometimes that comes in different ways. Usually it's in sort of the language, but this time it was more in the presentation of concepts and and, uh, sort of trying to answer the reader's questions before they're asked. But even granted trains, I fear that Omala so far strikes some of you as goody-goody. Smiles, bells, parades, horses, bleh. If so, please add an orgy. If an orgy would help, don't hesitate. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just beautiful. Like, just having that, like, she's presented, she has really presented this very, like, innocent, charming, whimsical scene. And she's like, you know, if, it, if it's good for you, orgy do an orgy just, and then she presents conditions for the orgies, you know, let's not have like, any add any religion in here. And yeah, so like, that's, so it's very, uh, it, it does uh, in a weird, weird way ground it. And in, in, I, I never would have thought that orgies would ground something, but you do have this sort of uh, above it all feeling of, of these people they're so happy that they're they must be like better than humanity but they then you have this idea thrown in there that no they will indulge in their their like what some people might call their their base instincts
1: mm-hmm. i think one of the reasons why this story has such legs and it's been constantly reprinted and uh, referenced all over the place is that idea that there is no grounded morality to amlas except for don't shit in the punch bowl you know don't help the kid let them have their fun uh that i think that is the only rule that seems to apply <laughs> in the entire city
0: she could have in fact entitled it don't shit in the punch bowl And it would have, uh, well, it wouldn't have been as as artful, but it it would have been as accurate.
1: Yeah, I think that's a a good, I wish we did subtitles for the episodes because that would be the the one. Uh, (laughs) um, But yeah, I think this is a remarkable story because it does something that so few stories do. It's the one that gets you thinking and presents it to you in a way that you can enjoy it without having to think too much
0: <laughs> i think there's a decent i would argue there's a decent amount of thinking in it but that might be because it was my first time reading it and the first time i read something it generally uh i have to think a lot harder than on future re-readings when i when i'm looking to pick up things that i missed the first go around so so we might just be coming from different vantage points there but i had to think a lot and and about some things i didn't really enjoy thinking about but <laughs> still a good story
1: correct that was the that was the quota you now can't leave the show because your writer has been fulfilled um uh yeah and I think one of the many because Ursula K. Le Guin wrote what is arguably my favorite story in general uh, the word for world is forest from the original dangerous visions but here I think she's being much more expansive into the human condition than she is in there, where she's specifically talking about the intersection of environmentalism and the the war culture, uh, and I think here she's really getting into ideas of human happiness and how they relate to their inability to provide happiness for others. I guess, and I there's the arguable. Reading of this, if you are a truly hardcore Marxist, that the citizens of Amalas are the bourgeois, and the uh, the kid is the working is the workers. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to go that far because uh, I am a uh, Keynesian, but still, it's it's a uh, it's an interesting reading.
0: That is that is one reading. I I kind of picked up on that as I was going along. I'm I'm not. He- Hugely well educated in economic theory, but I, I was definitely able to pick up on, on that particular aspect. I also, I've been doing a lot of uh, reading on Pinkertons and the labor movement, so my mind was already there to begin with.
1: <laughs> and you love the Pinkertons.
0: I don't love the Pinkertons. I, I believe that he was a flawed man and <laughs> complex and uh, did as, uh, some good and did some damage.
1: <laughs> I actually have a Pinkertons badge from 1919, I think.
0: Need a picture of that for my social media
1: i can bring it to you these are things i can do mm, um, i think that stuff's still packed away but i can find i'll find i can find things
0: i'm gonna be working on pinkertons for a while so you have time
1: <laughs> <laughs> perfect well excellent
0: well you have anything else on this one i just wanted to point out you know me i love endings uh you i do I, love a good ending i do love a good ending and this i think has one of the best endings because it does leave you with a a, a uh, that it is expansive as far as the story goes and, and allows you to continue past the story in a way. And that line is, it's about the people who do leave Omelas, but they seem to know where they are going, the ones who walk away from Omelas. Mm-hmm. And it's that fact that they know where they're going and you're like, but where is it, is it here? No, it's probably not here. I don't I don't know why they'd come here, but. <laughs> It's, Pennsylvania and it's cold
1: smyrna georgia smyrna georgia is where they're all going uh
0: see <laughs> you always do this you say these things with such authority and you know so many people many of them have actually written the stories we talk about that i can't help but wonder if this was like a drunken conversation at a con <laughs> and maybe that's canon and i'm just like poo-pooing it
1: you'll never know
0: I know. I that's 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 the beauty of it, I guess. If, if we I, I completely misused the word beauty.
1: <laughs> well, on that note, hey, Christy. Yes. If we were going to read a story for next week, what would we be reading?
0: Us read a story? What? That never happens. We don't read. We just watch TV. We would be reading Clockwork Fairies by Cat Rambo.
1: Woohoo, Cat Rambo. This is my excited face. Yay! Yes. All right. Well, until then, this has been short story, short podcast.